0: This is Eleanor speaking, welcome to episode five of Beaver podcast, a podcast where CEOs get to share their stories, how they got an idea to making a profitable business. We hope this podcast will enable aspiring entrepreneurs to find inspiration and tips to get started. Today, I welcome Nessim Zahel-Gaon, manager of Liang Group and co-founder of Kova. Welcome, Nessim.
1: Thank you for having me, Eleanor.
0: <laughs> how are you feeling today?
1: Very good. How are you?
0: Wonderful. Glad to have you on board and actually I would love to hear a bit more about yourself, about your background, your studies and how you became an entrepreneur.
1: Absolutely. Uh, so thank you for having me. Perhaps to give you a bit of background for myself, um, I'm born and raised in Geneva, Switzerland. Uh, grew up in a city that was mostly focused into finance, started my studies uh, at the Swiss Institute of Technology, EPFL in mathematics, Um, uh, I did a Bachelor of Science there. Uh, and then uh, decided to to go pursue my my studied uh, at HEC Paris. Um, I did a master in in, in finance, in financial and, um, economics, to to really uh, get the the knowledge that I needed uh, to to pursue my career. Um, after HEC, uh, I decided to do another master, actually at the same time uh, at UC Berkeley in California. That was a master of uh, financial engineering. The idea for me was really to have a, a global uh, understanding of finance, as well as on, on the qualitative and and in the quantitative side.
0: Wonderful. So this is how you basically wanted to be <laughs> become an entrepreneur that would understand both sides. And so tell me about the young group. You founded it in 2017. Was that just after your masters?
1: Yeah, uh, founded in uh, 2017. After my master, I I started working for Goldman Sachs in London. And right after that, I've uh, founded the first company uh, that was uh, transformed into Lian Group. Lian Group today is a pan-European investment firm uh, that uh, invests globally into technology Uh, We uh, focus in in, in high-growth tech companies uh, that disrupt all established businesses uh, such as agriculture, logistics, pharmacy, um, and we have also a big focus into blockchain and and new technology as a whole. Uh, Beside our investment uh, strategy, we bootstrap companies in in multiple sectors. Uh, One of them is COA. Uh, We have also dental clinics business traditional data center business, uh, and all of that are startups that we have uh, uh, started at Atlian Group and bootstrapped directly into uh, uh, established businesses and, and uh, established companies.
0: That sounds absolutely huge. <laughs> oh,
1: my God. A lot going on. So
0: let's, let's go back a bit to the initial. So you, you were at Goldman Sachs, and how did you get an idea? How did you feel that you wanted to create your own company? What was the the... Yeah, the tipping point, you know, that you said, uh, let's get started and do something.
1: Absolutely. So while being at Goldman, I I had a chance to interact with a lot of managing directors from multiple desks. And one thing that, that I got from each of them um, that, that made, me, made me think about my future, uh, obviously at that time, you know, being at Goldman Sachs was really somehow the goal or, or you know, on the investment banking side, uh, Goldman Sachs remained one of, of the good spot to be. Um, and, and while being there, one of the, the key points that I uh, found from, from those managing directors, they all were telling me that uh, it's like uh, entrepreneurial symmetry, meaning that everyone is very smart, Punto. De... Innovate, but they innovate within the firm, uh, and no one basically uh, benefits from the the innovation they are creating. And I felt that as as really an alarm for me that I need to to move on because when you stay in such uh, in such uh, uh, organization sometime, then you are you know in your comfort zone. And when you're an entrepreneur, obviously you need to innovate all the time, and you are not in your comfort zone. So um, it was important for me to to do that move uh, at the right time. I think I really. Ah, gain a lot of experience uh, uh, from there. I, I really thanks uh, all my colleague and all all the people I worked for and with because it's uh, great people uh, with with obviously a, a huge experience. And um, basically, I decided and I, I identify a huge gap in the market. Um, cryptocurrency and digital asset were were on the move. Um, and while being at Goldman Sachs, I was foc- focusing on on thematic indices, how to create product that's going to track a specific uh, theme, for example, infrastructure or logistics. And I decided to to quit Goldman to do something quite similar. How could I create? Um, a financial product that will allow a traditional investor to invest in cryptocurrency. Uh, and, and basically my first startup was to create uh, a, an index that's gonna track the 10 largest cryptocurrency by market cap. Uh, and that's gonna allow traditional investor to invest on the financial product on a very easy way through their banks uh, into that product. Uh, and basically it was the first e- ETF. We call it ETP today. Um, uh, but back in 2017, there were very little country party that were that were keen to, to, to touch crypto, uh, how to create a financial product in that environment. Uh, there were a lot of education that was needed. Uh, we spent a lot of time with many uh, of the of the of the service provider of the banks, of the auditors uh, to, to create such product. And obviously it was a, an impressive learning experience for uh, for my career
0: was well, been quite scary so you you identified what you wanted to to do like where your product or where your niche was standing and you just took the leap into building a startup but did you have any how did you have any structure in mind any background that would help you in creating a startup like this
1: uh. Actually, no. Obviously, with, at my time at Goldman, I, I understood how to create an index and such a thing. But I think there is no better way to, to um, you know, there, there were a famous sentence, uh, I think it was Jack Attali who was saying, uh, during your study, you learn how to learn. Um, and I yeah. think it's it's something that is very true. Um, I think there is no better way than learning by doing. Uh, and obviously, no one could have taught me because there were uh, no no such a thing. There were no way there were no service provider that could create for you that product you should have go and built your own customized solution you need to uh, we had to educate everyone and each of the service provider to do it uh, and sometimes through calls uh, you learn uh, you know you speak with a lawyer and you learn something and then you go to another one you learn something else uh, and that's the way you you do it so so we totally bootstrap that um, and uh, and it was a great great learning experience for sure
0: and did you start it while you were Goldman Sachs? Did you start after, like out of the blue, with uh, no money, or did you have investment already? How how did it work? Like, walk us through the first days of of oh, what was what was going to become Lian Group. Uh,
1: no, definitely, uh, actually, we had a, we had a funny story. Um, so, so we started after after Goldman Sachs, um, and uh, uh, I met my partner Fiorenzo at a at a crypto conference in Geneva. We were uh, probably the other one under 30s and most of the people there were, were above 50. Uh, and obviously it was uh, quite interesting because no one understood uh, anything about the conference and it was quite boring. So Fiorentz and I were, were outside uh, and he came and, and Bumped into me and started uh, asking me, uh, you know, who I was and, and 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 what I was doing there. And, and we immediately, uh, you know, met. He was he was a banker back in the days, and for me it was the perfect target for such product that I was uh, building on my. Uh, on my backyard uh, because he was the target customer for my uh, uh, index uh, and basically I was trying to teach him to sell him, and uh, he was uh trying to to poach me to do something together and and that's how we we started um we started with seven seven k each so so we had no no specific money and basically we we managed to to bootstrap the business uh, uh, since then so so we have no outside investor uh, at the end group
0: so how many times do you have to iterate the idea um
1: it's a, it's a good question i think uh, my partner and i are never agreeing on anything and then always agreeing at the end um i think we are we are having those those uh, frank discussion where uh, he's gonna always think uh, the opposite, and then we manage to find the, the right middle ground. I, I believe we definitely have multiple rounds of iteration. Uh, to, to give a number, I think it's hard, but it, it's hard to say that the first time was the, the right the right answer. Uh, I think we need to to keep thinking, uh, sleep on it, and eventually we're gonna see stuff that the other have seen. Um, and realize that, that we need to change our position. Uh, I think the, the, the major advice here is that it's important to, uh, to to believe your gut, but it's also important to realize that you, you're you not always true. And sometimes it's, it's important to change position.
0: I understand. And is it just the two of you uh, for like several months at the beginning or did it grow really quickly? How did you recruit the rest of your team?
1: Uh, absolutely. Uh, we we started the two of us. Then we had some some interns. Fiorenzo was doing uh, some some was starting being a professor of blockchain at the Geneva Business School, um, so he had a lot of students that were interested in doing uh, internships. So uh, we had the chance to to get some of his students as interns. Uh, and then uh, our CEO Stefan Mueller. Um, uh, join us uh very on the early days uh basically he he was keen also to to start without pay uh because he liked the challenge and he liked the 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 ambition we had and that's how we started we we were quite a a small team for a while um uh, and and we i think still uh, a a quite lean lean team uh, as a whole
0: and so i I love it that you're picking up students from a pool is a practical way of doing it
1: (laughs) but you know it's the best <laughs> way right uh, I, I could definitely say that today our business uh uh, are is based on people, right? Uh, that's the value we have. The value we have is the is the people we have uh, with us. Um, uh, recruitment is the is I would say majority, uh, the majority uh, of my time. I spend 50% on, on legal and lawyers and 50% on recruitment. Uh, I think having the right people uh, make everything. Mostly on, um, you know, on financial services, uh, you need to have the, the relevant people. Uh, and having a smart students that are motivated and knowing them from before, uh, I think, makes the whole difference.
0: Um, you were talking about, you know, recruiting the right people. And obviously you had this pool of students that you could use at first. But um, what were the most important roles? And then how did you find the most, um, I would say, capable of fitting people for the roles? Do you have a tip to recognize the people that would fit uh, your company the best?
1: Yeah, uh, I think, first of all, uh, it's very important to trust your network. Um, having a recommended candidate, uh, I think, has a lot of value. Uh, at least at the beginning, uh, you need to trust the people you are working with. And then we realized over time that we wanted to hire, you know, under 30 years old uh, people that, uh, that, that have, you know, a quite decent education background, that are curious, that are, are ready to learn. Uh, so that was the the first mindset, and, and actually for for a while uh, we had uh, you know an average age that was uh, close to 25. Um, but then, as the business was growing, we realized that uh, depending on the maturity of the business, it makes sense also to to recruit some senior people that can bring some of their expertise and some of their track record as well. So so we started looking at the recruitment firms, and actually is the is the most difficult part of of the business, how to find the right people. Um, so uh, I think we trust a lot our network. We have the luck to have a very decent and a very expanded network uh, across multiple countries. My partner, Fiorenzo, also did study and lived in multiple countries. So through that, we have we have very extensive network. And actually, I think it's the first part of the success. And then, obviously, you need to fight for the right candidate uh, because you want them working for you uh, and not for your competition.
0: So have the time on lawyers, have the time with uh, recruitment. What was the difference compared to the first days of the startup? Obviously, well, getting boring conferences was apparently the start. But <laughs> after this, uh, was it like really identifying those index or just preparing how you would sell this uh, with the help, I guess, of your co-founder? Uh, what, what were the first days of the startup like uh, in terms of the workload that you have to put through?
1: definitely uh, i think there were a lot of education uh on on both sides first of all on the on the service provider side how to um, educate them on that on that new asset class on the, those new technologies um, uh, and and also on the customer side how to educate uh our future investor and customer into into that new world you know the learning curve was really steep uh it was new words for them even investing into tech startups was something you know, very known in Europe at that time, um, uh, you know, few people were investing here and there, but the the, the craziness of uh, and, and what we have seen after that, um, you know, was were, were still unknown from them. So, so we spent a lot of time uh, trying to explain them how it works, what is blockchain, what is, uh, a, you know, growth startup and what is crypto. Uh, and, and I think that was the majority uh, of our time. Um, and I think it was a, a great challenge.
0: And do you have any tips on how to convince people or to explain what you do? Like, if you if you had to really um, summarize what an index is, what would you say? Uh,
1: yeah, uh, obviously. So, so the index was was the start of our business. Then, then we involved uh, obviously. Since then, um, uh, I think I think a good startup remains really on 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 the sales effort. Uh, I think obviously we can have the best idea, but depending the way we market it and the way we sell it uh, you you can have crazy different outcome Uh, so i think it's very it's always very important to bring simple word and simple stuff on on anything i think nothing is properly rocket science uh, and i think there is always way to to make it simpler um, and I think many entrepreneurs sometimes are, are forgetting it and they try to be you know, the most sophisticated possible because they want to do the best way possible, but uh, that doesn't mean it's the best, uh, it's going to get the best outcome. So I think always start things simple, think that people are not on your day to day. They are not on your business and they need to understand in half a sec what you are trying to sell and, and. And I think if you, if you have that spirit in mind, then obviously you can make great things.
0: you need to be convinced, convince yourself before you can convince others (laughs) and keep it simple. Obviously. (laughs) Fantastic. And after like a year or two, did you like, did it grow organically? Did you get, uh, did you expand naturally or was it really a push from the industry side? How did it happen?
1: So obviously, I think we were uh, uh, quite lucky that tech in general got got a huge push. Um, looking at at the numbers, uh, looking at the investment from VCs in tech, looking at the growth of the majority of tech companies at uh, 2018, 2019 were, were crazy year. I'm not speaking about last year, obviously, that was that was even crazier. Uh, I think we definitely got uh, the luck to be in the right niche. Uh, We got the luck that uh, the market were really uh, helping us on the right way. Uh, we had the chance as well to recruit the right people at the right time uh, so, so we grew organically and year after year we managed to, to bring the right people in uh, but I think we managed to do great thing with a very lean small team. Uh, we, we started with, with very few people uh, and managed to have multiple hats and, and I think it's part of, of each and every startup. Uh, as long as you keep in mind the fact that you're not in a box, probably you do a job offer and, and you are putting some job description, but that job description is true for today. But eventually tomorrow and, and, and literally 24 hours later, um, the same job going to change 10 times because um, a market is moving because uh, in, in a startup, you need to have multiple hats and wear multiple hats. Uh, and I think if you have that in mind, then you can do also great things.
0: And do you enjoy those multiple hats that you had at the beginning or you very happy to have this this, uh, talking to lawyers and recruitment hats that you have now?
1: No, obviously I'm doing more than that. I think uh, we like it. Uh, We are a business that have multiple business lines. As mentioned earlier, we have today a number of businesses in very different sectors. Uh, So so sometimes start the morning by jumping on on my team that are focusing on the the dental clinics and I'm I'm dealing with dentists. And then a few hours later, I'm trying to deal with an hyperscaler to see if they are keen to develop uh, on one of our sites. Uh, And at the end of the day, we are making some trades in crypto. so, uh, uh, and dealing with, with some hedging solutions. So, so I think we have a quite uh, diversified day uh, and I think that's what we like, right? Um, uh, I, I did two master programs at the same time, flying between Paris and San Francisco every 10 days just because, you know, I had fun doing multiple stuff at the same time.
0: Um, I, I do have another question is, do you... Is there any moment where it was uh breaking points where you felt that you weren't making progress or were you like successful through and through?
1: Yeah, you know, I, I think uh, when you are in in deal closing mode, right? When you, you sign the first deal, you sign the second one, uh, when deals are are, are quick, uh, you feel, you know, you feel that you are really achieving some, some great stuff. And, and actually that's, that's where you feel that you are really breaking new milestone. I think I think for us was, um, you know, the first where we raised about 10 million, even a bit more. We started saying, oh, we're going to just invest 5 million. We had, we had no money, right? We had no investor. Uh, we had not even a structure ready for that. And we we just decided with the company that we should go ahead and we're going to find a way.
0: So it's this reputation. This is how you got your ten millions. <laughs> I'm gonna ask the question. Everybody's wondering how do you get ten millions? Like, is there a way that you can walk through, walk us through this, or like, was it just just work and work and work? It wasn't one specific, uh, for example, grant as you would say in academia. In your in your case, it's not a grant, obviously.
1: Um. Yeah. So so we have raised money to to invest in a, in a specific company. Uh, I I think we we managed to um. Uh, uh, really explain uh, in simple way what the company were doing, and and the, and the whole pitch where you guys don't invest in us, you guys invest in that company. And uh, so, so obviously, I think there were uh, a mix of of trust to us and also to the company itself. Uh, I think it was a lot of preparation, uh, a lot of understanding of the market. Uh, I think investor realized that we we understood uh, well the space. Uh, we have analyzed everything. Uh, I remember we knew. Every single numbers of of their business plan, uh, the the entire Excel that had you know hundreds of cells, we knew everything. We understood from. Uh, from inside the entire business and, and i think that the key is that investors realized that we were very confident and also we were very much aligned because basically the whole pitch were and i think i think that was the first uh uh milestone for lean group is that we aligned ourselves with our investor we decided not to take any management fees uh, uh, no fees during the entire uh, lifetime of the deal we were just getting rewarded as on the performance fees, as soon as the deal were exiting, so that way we were disrupting that uh, traditional model uh, that VC has uh, of of getting management fees and and basically even if the deal is not performing, you still get your management fees. Uh, I think we were bringing a new formula on that. Um, you know, the, back in the days, you could have paid one percent to buy a, a share of of Facebook or Uber uh, with your with your bank, and then. Neo bank came and digital bank came uh, and online bank came and, and decided to say that it's not anymore 1%, it's uh, 100 francs or $100 a ticket fee. Uh, and that disrupts the entire uh, uh, banking industry. And I think we try to bring also uh, a, a new model to that uh, to the investment industry by really being aligned with our investor um, and even more than that, sometime uh, vesting alongside them uh, our own capital
0: was that kind of gamble not to have management fees or was it anyway kind of safe
1: no i think it was it was kind of gamble uh, i think there is no way that you can um you know either succeed or at least perform if you don't take any risk. I, I, I think it's, it's part of the game, right? A, any entrepreneur sometimes needs to take some risk. Uh, and I think just by being an entrepreneur, you take some risk, right? Because many entrepreneurs are, are doing great study. They could be, uh, uh, as I said before, in that comfort zone, work for a big group, uh, get the salary at the end of the month, um, and uh, and you know don't don't even uh, think about what's going to be tomorrow because you have uh, you have some security. I think by being an entrepreneur, you go out from that comfort zone and and you take some risk, uh, and I think that's very important to 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 get that as a mindset.
0: And now, if you compare to five years ago, do you think you're still into this high risk, high gamble? position or do you think that the company is large enough that it's you're just gambling from time to time some tweaks and changes but overall you're quite stable um,
1: I, I think it's not it's it's never a proper gamble because i think that word is is probably too uh, doesn't represent exactly but it's it's more taking the right risk that are sometimes well measured right uh, i think we understand or at least we hope we understand what we are doing uh so so i think you always need to take you know when when you make an investment is taking a bet. Uh, taking some risk on that on that deal because the deal could not perform and you can lose part of the investment or all the investment uh, so i think you always take some risk um, going all in i think i think it's not irrational rational uh, and it's not it's not what we what we tend to do it's more uh, being measured uh, analyze the situation and i think we we have the the right resources uh, and we skills enough to to understand and measure uh, the risk we are taking
0: so after founding the company, how did you split the equity between the founders?
1: It's a great question. I I believe a lot of founders uh, at the beginning, they, they're always arguing about the percentage. They try to close the deal before even executing, right? Uh, and, and I think it, it's fair, right? It's uh, Someone had the idea. Uh, he started working on it. Uh, and then he's, he's finding a co-founder and he's saying, oh, we should do 70-30. Uh, why? Because I had the idea or because I brought the first uh, 100k of investor. Uh, but actually you realize, and I've seen that so many times, uh, that as the business growing, uh, if you have the right co-founder, uh, you, you're going to see that uh, he's going to bring a lot of stuff along the way. Probably at the beginning you had that idea, but an idea is not even two percent of the of the success of a company, um, and the first hundred k obviously they are needed, but they're probably nothing compared to the next challenge you're gonna get. Uh, and I believe is the is the wrong approach because uh, then you're gonna have this uh, gonna have this equilibrium between the two founders, and and what's gonna happen is that one gonna be less involved or less motivated because you're gonna get uh, less equity because as we as we get round of dilution, what's going on is that one, it, it's all about uh, mental accounting, right? It's its all about that. One gonna think, oh, that guy has now 40% while I have 25. So even if the ratio remains the same, um, Psychologically, you 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 feel that you are working as hard as as, as your co-founder, uh, but you have much less, uh, and that's how sometimes startups are or founders are then splitting. So so uh, I think on our case, we we immediately understood that we need to be uh, aligned, we need to be equal, even though at the beginning it was still not full time while I was um, uh So so I believe is. If you have that right spirit, that's how you can uh, best uh, succeed, in my view.
0: Can you talk to us about Kova a little bit? Just, what do they do exactly, and you know, how how did you you know get started on it?
1: Absolutely. Um, so Kowa today is, uh, uh, is a blockchain infrastructure startup uh, that uh, developed data center uh, to do Bitcoin mining. Uh, we are fully powered by renewable energy. Uh, we are uh, also one of the largest European player. And our bet is, is really uh, to develop data centers. Uh, in location where you have excess of renewable power, uh, and and we develop those data center to to assist the Bitcoin blockchain uh, on their computing power. So so we do Bitcoin mining, meaning we have data center that are fitted where we have um, um, computers that allows to validate transaction on the Bitcoin blockchain, and for that we get rewarded uh, into into getting new Bitcoin. Um, so, so 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 that's a business we have launched about two years. Ago, uh, we managed to really bootstrap the business, and, and uh, uh, we operate today at uh, eighty megawatts um, overall. Uh, we have about uh, sixty uh, in the Nordics, and. Uh, um, more than that, we have uh, innovate within that space. We are uh, doing heat recycling on our data center to recycle the heat we are producing from the computer. Uh, we have uh, multiple use case on that heat. Uh, and, and obviously, we are very careful uh, working alongside the local municipalities uh, to, to really develop some of the of the regional needs. Um, that's, I would say, the, the, the major part of that startup. Uh, it's today a quite established business. Uh, we have uh, started uh, and launched new business line, um, uh, and obviously we have uh, we have a lot of hopes and uh, an ambition for for that company.
0: I think it's a wonderful idea and quite the future of uh, just servers in general. I mean, you need you need to have them sustainably cool down in general because <laughs> internet and just Netflix, for example, is responsible for quite some CO two emissions Definitely. in the world <laughs> the energy <Definitely>. consumption. <laughs> Well, congratulations on this. And what do you see as the future for the young group and Kova then?
1: It's a good question actually it's a question we are asking ourselves uh, every day um I think we are definitely in, in, in a word uh, we believe we are in the, in the right in the right uh in the right space uh and and we do believe we are um, definitely in the right industry uh I, I think we need to continue innovate uh we need to always ask ourselves uh, how to reinvent ourselves uh, I think uh, all the reason, recent recent episodes uh, that the market have lived uh, should should be for us warnings to that we never should be on the comfort zone we always need to think about uh what's next uh, i think we are uh expanding uh, globally uh we are uh trying to um to continue recruit the the right and relevant people um uh, i think it's it's hard to say but i would be uh very happy to to come back in a few years and and give you guys an update
0: that would be lovely, actually. And you could maybe answer the question I'm going to ask you now again in a few years. <laughs> um, do you have any recommendations for other entrepreneurs? Like anything that you've learned from, you know, founding, from, you know, creating not one, but actually several startups, uh, from all the experience you have? What would be your biggest recommendation?
1: Yeah. Um- Obviously, obviously, there are multiple ones. Uh, I think, I think, uh, one of of them is really uh, target the the right market. Uh, obviously, an ID is evolving and it's probably changing ten times. Um, uh, I, I think the, the right entrepreneurs are, are the one that know how to uh, quickly pivotate when 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 they see that they they need to to pivotate. Um, uh, I think eventually a, a product is fitting for some market but not for others, um, and, and I think it's always important to to uh, to really analyze well and and understand what's going on in the market you are involving. Um, I, I think the the, the main issue. From, for, for many entrepreneurs, that they are they are really focusing on their business and they they don't you know think outside the box. Uh, I have the luck to 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 you know once a, a week to sometimes pause and take my phone off, and that's giving me the luxury and, and the luck to really being able to analyze and understand if we are going in the right direction. And I think you can feel it as as an entrepreneur. Uh, the second part is that uh, many entrepreneurs are sometimes. Um, they are really focusing on the product and on their business but they're not uh, curious enough to to learn about you know other parts of the economy and I think uh when you realize that everything is so linked right uh when when one event could create you know a, a chain of other event and that could impact your business I think it's very important to keep being curious uh keep uh, understanding uh, the, the the global the global uh, economy because that's that's how you can best uh prevent and and, uh, and best uh, uh, make your business evolve to to, uh, to skip crisis
0: about this vision about stepping outside to always you know understand the market understand where you stand where your products stand basically is there a way that you can do it not just you know turning off your phone and disconnecting and just kind of rebooting as we could say but actually is the people that you talk to you know outside of your business that help as reference or just you know newspapers that you read or any kind of information that usually helps you into resetting and thinking okay actually this is where i'm heading and this is where the market is heading
1: definitely um i think it's always important uh to to cross to cross reference uh, and and have multiple sources uh of information um obviously linkedin today uh is is a good source of of you know articles and 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 media uh twitter is is another one but but i think it's always important for for each for each and everyone to identify what makes sense. Uh, personally, uh, I like uh, listening to some podcasts. I like also to uh, to look at wh- what's going around on some some specific newspaper, um, and and just by following my my, my feeds uh, on social media, sometimes I, I get a lot of uh, of of, of cross reference. That friends that liked such and such article, and that that's how you you get information. And I think the other part is obviously, um, you know, exchanging with with friends in the industry. Uh, I think having those one-to-one talks about what's going on in their industry What's their update uh, Bring you the, the best information, right? So having, uh, having a network from, from university or from from your previous career, uh, I think it's always important to keep your ne- network alive. Uh, you realize how important is your network. And actually, it, it's something uh, that, that for me have, have been very successful, uh, how to best understand an industry by asking people that are working within it. Um, and I think it's, it's also the best source of, of information.
0: Wonderful. Well, I think that's it for us today. Uh, it was wonderful to have you on board, Nassim. I hope you had a, a great time sharing about this and wish you absolutely wonderful luck for the rest of your adventures. Uh, congratulations on wonderful projects so far.
1: Thank you, guys. Thank you, Eleanor. It was it's great being here.
0: This was Eleanor Pauli interviewing Nassim Sahel-Gaon from Young Group in Koba. I hope you have learned as much as I did today and we look forward to welcoming you in episode six. See you next time.